Welcome to Content 12. I'm Andrew Lang, episode three here. And during episode three, I want to focus on second place. Yep, second place. Not because that's where I want you to be, where I want your team to be, but it's because it's where we find ourselves sometimes. And uh, for some reason, we can't get over the hump. We cannot knock that first place team out. Um, listen, whether you're a sports team or you're in the sales world or, or a competitive anything, uh, it matters. Being number one matters. And sometimes I think we get caught up in this morality thing where we should be okay with, you know, number two. And, and, and listen, I get it. Maybe you were number 18 before and now you're number two. And so that's, you're moving in the right direction. There's no doubt about it. And so when, when that happens, um, some of the people on your team are going to be, they're, they're with you. They're, they're going to, to bed tonight and their stomach is, uh, you know, turning over a little bit too. And they want to get back in the office, start that next month and, and get on their way to first place. Some people are good. And if you, you start your next monthly huddle meeting and you want to get after the group and say, we can do more, we can do better. Listen, there's nothing super wrong with that. It's the truth, right? You believe in your folks. But the last thing you want is for people to leave that meeting where you're supposed to be firing them up. And when they get home and talk to their significant other, they're saying, this guy, we went from nothing, now we're battling the top spot and it's never enough with this guy. He's always asking us for more. He, uh, he seems like he's never happy with things. And man, I'm sick of it, man. And, and listen, I don't know. There's going to be a million variations of that. But hopefully you understand my point. We've all, all been here. And I know that you want to get to that number one spot. For competitive all, competitive all, we have some competitive juices flowing in our body. That's what we want. So here's my, my suggestion to you. Here's the content that I would use and uh, in, in hopefully making people think about this goal to get to number one and not put any undue pressure or uh, some morality clause on somebody. Let's just tell them a story. So you get them in and say, hey, listen, I'm going to share some things with you as we go start this next month or this next season, whatever you happen to be doing. And uh, we have some lofty goals. My expectations are high. But let me tell you a little bit uh, about, uh, about the 1936 Olympics. That's right. The 1936 Olympics is where Adolf Hitler, it was hosted in Nazi Germany, Adolf Hitler was letting the world know that he was going to build the master race. And oddly enough, this was the first Olympics that was nationally televised. So not only was in this part of history, this is what Hitler's toting, he also could broadcast it for everybody to see. Unbelievable, right? So... Uh, there was obviously many athletes sent, but there's one particular gentleman that was sent from the United States. And this is a gentleman I'm thinking of, and I don't think as I tell him this story, you're gonna be able to guess in your mind who I'm talking about. So uh, again, 1936, track and field was a big deal. The 200 meter uh, race is, was a big deal in that time. And uh, we sent some athletes over there from the United States of America and uh, promptly in the 200 meter race, uh, this particular gentleman dominated 
all of Hitler's guy. Hitler had gold, silver, and bronze all planned out with his master race. And this gentleman wiped them, wiped them clean, uh, bested the, uh, the the last Olympic record at this point. And, um, and you don't know what his name is. You have no idea what, who I'm talking about, which is crazy to me. Let me go one step even further. Uh, this, uh, this gentleman has a brother that broke the color barrier in Major League Baseball, Jackie Robinson. So not only did the guy I'm thinking of have one heck of a famous brother, he also defeated Hitler's uh, master race in front of everybody in national TV, and you have no idea who he is. You want to know why you don't? That's because he finished four-tenths of a second behind Jesse Owens. I bet you know who Jesse Owens is. You know that that guy is the one that defeated Hitler's Nazi Germany master race. Took him down for everybody to see. And you know who Jesse Owens is. But you don't know the guy that finished four-tenths of a second behind him. Now, what's crazy about this is he went to Oregon to, to run track. He ran three years, I believe, at Oregon. Somebody gave him a pair of uh, track spikes, and um, he he wore those spikes his entire time at Oregon. Came home, uh, was asked to go to the Olympic trials. Didn't have the money for bus fare, so the town chipped in and put him on a got him a bus ticket. Made sure he got to the trials, competed in the trials, made the Olympic team in those same track shoes, the same shoes. Went to the Olympics, raced against Hitler's folks and Jesse Owens in those same shoes. I wonder if somebody would have got this guy a new pair of shoes. I wonder if we're talking about him instead of Jesse Owens. But the reason that you don't know who Matthew Robinson is, is because nobody cares about second place. There is no one that cares about second place. And if I was talking to a bunch of Six-year-olds, I wouldn't hesitate saying this because this is not my opinion. This is years and years of teaching from generation to generation. You simply don't know who Matthew Robinson is, but you do know who Jesse Owens is. That's just who we are as a people. That is what we're, we're taught. And so you don't care about Matthew Robinson because he finished second. It's just the reality of the situation. So... How about we just embrace it? We embrace that number one is where we need to be as a team. We have the skill. We have the talent. We just need the something extra. When it when the, when it's on the line, it's you guys looking at each other and going that extra mile or doing just a little bit more or working just a little bit harder or coming in just a, uh, one extra a weekend day or whatever it is. We know that we belong in that number one spot, so let's make sure we get there. My hopes are that as somebody heads home and talks to their significant other, they're saying, damn it, I don't want to finish in second place anymore. This is driving me crazy. Number one is where we should be. And I believe if that's the way that you, you, you allow content to get into your message, I bet people are much more accepting of it. It's not some overbearing leader that always wants more. 
somebody that's, man, it's right. It's the real deal. Number one is where we should be. And it's not that we're not working hard or not doing things, but you know what? This is where we need to be. So, uh, as, as always, I'll give you a tip. And uh, this tip uh, surrounds comparing yourself to the team members that you lead. And uh, listen, we all want to tell stories of yesteryear and, and uh, what it was like walking uphill in the snow, um, all those good things. And, uh, and listen, part of those memories and those experiences are what got us here in the first place. So I'm not telling you not to embrace those things and love those things because that's part of what made you. When you start comparing your team members to you and hold them to the standard that you are, you're making a big mistake. And here's the reason why. So uh, listen, take any, any uh, famous sport. When, when there's a Michael Jordan, uh, it's unfair to have the new rookie compared to Michael Jordan, even if one day he's going to be better than Michael Jordan. It's really not fair. There's so few people. And why would you put those kind of expectations? And this is not to say that uh, you don't expect things and demand things and, and desire things for your folks and you hold them to a high standard. Of course you do. But when you start going into your leader's office talking about, I can't believe that that. Jake can't get here on time. What is his deal? I would never do that if I was in Jake's shoes. If I was telling, if I wanted to be a future leader and you can't get, like, I would never do that. When I was trying to be a future leader, that would never happen to me. And listen, that's all well and good. And even if you're not in your leader's office and you're just thinking about it, here's the real challenge. Here's the real problem with comparing your people to you is that you're going to be disappointed. There are few leaders in this world. It's a 1% crew. And so if you're just going to find that you're going to be disappointed and people aren't going to live up to the expectations that you've given them and you set for them. And it doesn't mean there shouldn't be expectations. They just don't have to be how you measured yourself. And, and I think that's important because if you are going to walk around disappointed all day, your people will find out. Your people will know it, they'll feel it, and they'll start to react a certain way. And it's not healthy to walk around disappointed all the time. Not healthy for you. So listen, set a bar and make sure that, that you're encouraging and demanding and holding accountable people to get there. But just don't make it comparable to you because there's very few of you in this world, leaders. There just are. That is my tip. That is episode three. Appreciate your time and make sure uh, that you get up in front of your group. Get up in front of your group. They want to hear you. They want to see you. And it's great, great reps and practice for you. All right. Until next time, be good.